Hello, my listening friend. Welcome back to the Yours Julie podcast. This is episode 157. My name is Claire Tuning. I am your host. I am a non-diet registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And in today's episode, I am talking with one of my longtime dietitian friends. In fact, Tony is probably one of the first dietitian friends that I had who I did not go to school with. So Tony and I go back years at this point, but I am talking with Tony Marinucci about a lot of exciting things that I'll share more about here in a couple of moments. But the most exciting thing that we are getting to in this episode is the release of her first and her newest book. So again, more to come on that here in a couple of moments, but before we get into that, This would typically be the point in an episode when I would feature a post from our free private Facebook community, but I thought I would switch it up a little bit today. So usually my goal and my intention in featuring a post from our community is sharing, you know, not only what we talk about, but also an opportunity for you to get support from like-minded individuals in a way that you don't have to pay for, it is free, and it is open for you to join. So I have something similar-ish if you were looking for support, you're looking for it at no investment, and that is my weekly newsletter. So I send out a newsletter every Monday morning at 7 a.m. EST, so if you happen to be on the West Coast, it will be arriving in your inbox at 4 in the morning. (laughs) Hope you don't mind. But I send out a newsletter every Monday, not only with a couple of reminders and announcements with whatever I have going on, whatever I have to share, but the first section in this newsletter every week is always an intuitive eating tip of the week. Sometimes we talk a gentle nutrition tip. Sometimes it is even a recipe idea. Other times it is a a topic, maybe one of the 10 principles of intuitive eating that I have an anecdote to share. Maybe I have some tips, but long story short, if you are looking for additional support, if you want it on a weekly basis at no cost to you, I would love for you to join this mailing list. Consider it my I give to you and thank you for being here. So if you are not already on that mailing list, the way that you can do that is by checking out the link in my Instagram bio. There will be a link in that drop down menu or a button rather that says free intuitive eating tips to your inbox every Monday or some kind of wording along those lines. You'll see it. Or if you're not on Instagram, I will actually link the sign-up page in the show notes of this episode. So you can go to wherever you're listening, click on the show notes, and there will be a link there for you to click on, put your email in, and join us every Monday, bright and early. Hope to see you there. Now, let's talk about Tony. So Tony Marinucci is a registered dietitian and business owner of Tips with Tony, who ironically teaches people how not to diet, something you're definitely familiar with if you've spent any time at all on this podcast. Her team of registered dietitians provide online nutrition coaching to help women break free from the all or nothing mindset and encourage balance instead. 
Tony's mission is to end restrictive diet culture by promoting simple tips to healthy living while incorporating the foods that you love. She recently gave a TEDx talk and wrote a book titled Once Upon a Diet, where she discusses the parallels between dieting, dating, romantic relationships, and how we treat them the same. So that bio kind of gives you a little idea of what Tony and I are talking about in this episode, but throughout the conversation that you are about to hear, she shares with us the inspiration behind her newly released book, which is called Once Upon a Diet. She also talks about why dieting and dating are similar in a lot of ways, what they have in common, and how we can start to break up with some of our not-so-helpful habits not only with dating, but also with dieting. And she tells us too what she is hoping her readers take away from spending some time in her book. And we end the episode by talking about a few small habits or health-promoting behaviors, as we call them, that you can think to incorporate or insert into your life if you are looking to make some small changes that can have really big impacts on your health and your mindset. This is a really great conversation for this time of year that we are in, especially as we approach the new year. So if you are looking for a holiday gift for yourself or anyone else in your life who you think could benefit from reading this book and learning how to step away from restrictive eating, then I definitely recommend checking out Tony's book. We will have it linked in the show notes where you can find the book, but I know it is available on Amazon. Again, it is called Once Upon a Diet by Tony Marinucci, and I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. So without further ado, here is Tony Marinucci. Enjoy. Tony Marinucci, welcome to the Yours Julie podcast for the second time, but it's been a minute since I, I talked to you last. So before we dive into this or that, I just wanted to say happy to have you back. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be back. It's very exciting. And I don't, I don't think when I had you on, we were trying to figure out before we hit record, I think it's been three years at this it's point. It's been a minute. It's been a it's minute. Been a I minute. don't think, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Claire, like you're like my, the first RD entrepreneur friend I had. It's, I ha- it's like, really you. though, you yeah. know, like it's just so awesome to see your growth. Like actually, yeah, let's, let's, I'm going to put the spotlight on you for a second. Cause <laughs> I saw your potential, not even potential. You were still thriving and doing things. Then you just weren't really seen to the level that you're being seen now, which I'm just so grateful for because your message is so needed today in this world. So I'm just like, so you've always had such a positive attitude. And I think that's why you it's finally like your time to shine. And I'm just so excited and proud of you. Oh, well, I appreciate your kind words. Listeners, I promise I did not pay Tony to come on here and <laughs> say those things. She's saying those on her own. But yeah, you uh, you too were one of the first RD entrepreneur friends that I had. And when I met you in person, that was like one of the first times that I had gone to an event related to business mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship. So we go way back. And I don't think when we recorded for the first time that I did this segment that I now do called this or that, but we're going to kick things off with some fun questions. If that's cool with you. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. First one, dogs or cats? Uh, well, I have two baby cats. I have two baby cats. They're not babies. They're seven, but I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> 
<laughs> I uh, I cannot tell a lie. I knew this about you, and I yeah. knew you were going to say. And part of the reason why I wanted to ask you this is because I too am a cat person. Grew up with them, so I feel like we needed to just have a moment for all the cat people of the world. Yeah. Well, actually, growing up, I had dogs, and I actually my my cousin had a cat, and it was a nasty cat. It was like yeah. a cat that like all the reputations. Like if you're a dog person, you think cats are. That's what their cat was, mm-hmm. and so I grew up thinking cats were like weird, honestly. And then now I have two that I, I can't imagine my life without them. Just, so they're Joey and Chloe. They're my babies. <laughs> I feel like those names rhyme so much that I would like be combining them all the time. Like I would yeah. be mixing those names up. But yeah, I agree. I feel like obviously all animals are different, but if you have some like negative cat experiences, I feel like that paints all cats in a bad light, but, um, we, we stand cats here. Next (laughs) question, sandwiches or wraps? Ooh, that's hard. Can I say bagels? (laughs) You're like, can I just rewrite the question? (laughs) Totally. Since since you are from New York, we will allow you to say bagels. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like it all. It's just, I, yeah, I like it all. It's hard. That's a hard one. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, maybe we could even say bagel sandwiches. I don't know if you make sandwiches out of bagels. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like a sandwich out of bagel. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why I I thought when you, when you said bagels, I was envisioning just eating like the bagel cut in half and separated with cream. Oh no. I forgot that you can make a bagel sandwich. Yeah. No, a whole sandwich, a whole sandwich on a bagel. Okay. Well, you are allowed to rewrite the question. We will will allow it. Next one, traveling or being a homebody? Oh God. I am a homebody, but I also love to travel. So I'm sorry. I'm not answering. (laughs) Tony's like this or that. No, I'm going to say both. It's so funny because I really, I'm such like, even when you, like when I talk about things in in every, I'm always like, where's the middle? Let's find the middle. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, foreshadowing right there to to what we're going to talk about maybe later in the episode. Uh, Two more for you mornings or evenings mornings for sure. I'm with you there. A hundred percent. I we're recording this the week after we hit daylight savings time and it hits like 6 PM and I'm like, I'm just going to get ready to go to bed. Like I don't have anything else to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my, my energy after three o'clock really, to be honest, (laughs) I was going to say like, like I have all the energy in the morning and then at night it's a rough for me. I just like don't function. I'm with you. And the, the lack of daylight now certainly does not help that for us. Totally. Final one. And this one is very important. Cake or frosting? Oh, frosting. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm with you. The last ones are easy. These are, these are yeah. I, I'm with you. I had to throw some easy ones in there, but yeah. I feel like my, my dream since here in a minute, we're going to talk about dieting and dating but like my dream is to find someone who loves the cake and hates the frosting so I can just eat all the frosting and not have to deal with the cake yeah (laughs) totally totally one of my best friends growing up um she loved the chocolate part of the black and white cookie and I Uh love the vanilla part of the black and white cookie so it was like the perfect friendship (laughs) look at that you complete (laughs) each other yeah And, and I actually okay Earlier, I said I cannot tell a lie, but I maybe lied a little bit because I actually have one more this or that question that will hopefully be a segue to what we're going to talk about. So since your book, and we'll give more information on that, uh, talks about the parallels between dating and dieting, 
I have to know if you were ever an online dating person, Hinge or Bumble? <laughs> oh, oh, my boyfriend now we met on Bumble. Oh, so you have to say Bumble. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I have to say Bumble. I actually Hinge. I don't know if Hinge was a, I mean, me and him have been together for like three years. So I'm sure Hinge was around three years ago, but maybe yeah. it was more newer because now I see a lot of people are on Hinge, but I I didn't know about it back then. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like now, and this might just be a more recent thing, Hinge is kind of in the spotlight or people talk about it more, but yeah, yeah, I mean, if you, if you met your current partner on Bumble, then I think you are obligated to say that Bumble is your favorite. Totally. totally. Um, Well, before we talk about your book and all the things that I've been hinting for any listeners of mine who are not familiar with you, maybe they didn't catch your first episode here on the podcast from years ago. Can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Tony Marinucci. I'm a registered dietitian who, like Claire, teaches people how not to diet. Um, we more, more so just help people find balance in their eating habits and commit to a healthier lifestyle. And the reason why I do that is because growing up, I was overweight and insecure and teased about my weight. And I tied my weight to my worth. And it led down some, some, some really disordered eating patterns and behaviors, lots of restriction, which then to led to the extremes of overeating, which led to overexercising. And it was just this vicious cycle. So I eventually was like, I can't do this. <laughs> this is not working for me. So I went to school to become a registered dietitian and I'm going to quickly go over a lot of healing that happened. Yeah. So now this place where I have the balance and I found it, you know, uh, I feel I have confidence in my body and obviously that didn't happen overnight, but all of these things are, I do that now to just help women who were where I was once before feeling like they needed to lose weight in order to be loved and accepted and really just helping them to separate those things and really just learn how to nourish and care for their bodies in a way that feels most aligned to them. I feel like the question that I just hit you with is so hard because like you said, whenever you're giving that spiel of who you are and what you do, you really have to hit fast forward on so many yeah. years of lessons learned. Yeah. So many. Yeah. But yeah. The, the spark notes version there. Yeah. <laughs> and I was telling you this before. I think it was before we hit record. I apologize for our listeners if I'm repeating what I already said when we were on record, but one of the first memories that I have of you when we met in person at an event, we were at this table, we were kind of going around sharing what we do, aspirations, dreams, et cetera. And one of the things that you shared was that one day you wanted to write a book. And at that time, you didn't know what about yet. You didn't Mm -hmm. have a whole lot of direction or a vision, but you had the goal. Mm -hmm. And now I have your book. I'm looking at it now. I I promise I did not plan this, but my sweater matches my walls, matches my Yeti cup, matches your book today. I'm all color coordinated. But your book now is called Once Upon a Diet, why dieting and dating have more in common than you think and how to break up with the bad habits to fix your health and your heart. So this might be a little bit of a loaded question, but why this topic? Like what inspired you to write this kind of book? Okay. So Claire, you are getting, you are about to get a version because it just clicked for me uh-huh. that no one has ever heard. Okay. You heard it here first folks. Literally. Okay. So that trip that we met in Vegas for that Uh entrepreneurial journey of ours that started our whole lives and careers, which is like so grateful that we did it. I was going for a guy. 
And I just so happened to find out that Tony Stefan, our old coach, was uh-huh. hosting an event. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect excuse to make time to see this guy that, you know, we had met when he lived in New York and then he moved. And now I can go there and I'm going for work, quote unquote, but I'm also going to be able to spend time with someone who I'm crazy about. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, this guy made it very clear that it was never going to work out as like a long-term relationship thing, a distance thing. He was very clear that it was just going to be a fling. Uh-huh. But this younger version of me that so desperately wanted to be loved and accepted by someone who I loved, I wanted them to love me back. I was chasing him. And so this parallel of dieting and dating, I was also at the same time chasing a number on a scale constantly pouring my worth and effort into things outside of myself, hoping that once I lost the weight, I would be happy. And once I found love, I would be happy. And literally Claire, nobody knows that story. (laughs) Cause I really just realized that that's where I have a quick mention in the book about a guy that I was on and off again for a few years who made it clear to me that he didn't want anything long-term. And I just tried to convince him otherwise and hoping he would eventually come to his senses. It's like maybe a paragraph in the whole 12 chapters. Right. But like (laughs) all that to say, that's just one example of many where I would repeat these patterns and I would date I say, I've say it in the book and I say it in my TED talk, I dated five versions of the same guy just with a different name and a different face. Uh-huh. And I would repeat these patterns. And then women, before they would start working with us in the six months of food freedom program, they would jump from diet to diet, hoping each one was quote unquote, the one. And so when I started to recognize like all these people who would come into our program and their history of repeating old patterns and behaviors. And then I took a look at myself in the mirror and I was like, wait a minute, Tony, like, what are you doing? You are literally repeating the same patterns and behaviors. And I had a history of dieting for sure, but now I was just doing it in my dating life. And so the whole purpose of this book is to help people to be aware of why they do what they do and create a way to break free from these destructive and negative cycles that are just holding you back from living a life that is aligned um, and truly what you're meant to be here for. And it's not to be chasing a number on a scale or chasing a guy who doesn't like you back. Can I drop my mic on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) I, I am so, I am so honored that you are sharing that kind of like first here and how I, le- I just connect I literally just clicked with me and how well to yeah. like the the timeline or the exact guy or interaction that you were just speaking about was where yeah. you and I met the timing yeah the timing no like I I literally was just like oh my god I it, it didn't click until we were just recording I was like wait a minute that well, trip was not was like it had dual purposes <laughs> Well, now I'm, I'm hopeful that you can take this story in any future interviews. You yeah. Can I might have to talk about it a little adapt bit more. The story there. <laughs> and I feel like in the answer that you just gave, you offered a couple of examples of some of the parallels yeah. between dieting and dating and without giving away all that is in your book. We couldn't do that in one podcast episode, but we also want people to go and read your book and learn all there is there. But without giving everything away, could you maybe offer like one of the biggest parallels that you see and not only talk about that parallel, but also if someone 
who is listening is like nodding their head being like, I do that. That is me. I am that maybe just like a a tip or an idea or some words of encouragement for them to start stepping away from that pattern. Does that make sense? Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I think first thing we need to address is kind of why we do this. And then I can kind of explain where two people might be listening and there's two different categories they might fall into. And I have tips for both. So the first thing that is the parallel, like the biggest one is we live in a society that values like relationships as if like, meaning like if you're, if you're single for too long, it's almost like looked like there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So there's this pressure to be in a relationship. It doesn't really matter if you're happy or not. It's just to be in one. It's like, if you're at a certain age and you're not married yet, or you're not dating anyone, like there's something wrong with you. Right. And that's just the society that we live in, especially just certain cultures. There's a lot of pressure there. Um, There's also certain cultures. And obviously we also know about diet culture where there's this, we live in a world where you need to look a certain way. Your appearance is valued. And your appearance is, it's almost valued so much more so than who you actually are on the inside. And this starts as early as childhood from, I used to talk about the example in my book, which is why it's called Once Upon a Diet. Like when you look at, you know, all the Disney princesses growing up, when we grew up, I grew up in the Mm nineties, right? All the Disney princesses had the same hourglass figure, just a different hair color. Mm-hmm. That's the only difference that separated them. When you watch movies, when you saw tabloids and magazines, it was always a specific figure, a thinner figure than me. I was overweight as a kid and I was in a bigger body naturally that was always depicted as the person who was getting the guy or the person that was like kind of like idolized or looked up to right now there was also the negative side where if someone had gained too much weight it was like the first thing on the cover like, oh, can you believe she let herself go or mm-hmm. you know all that stuff so, That's why we feel this pressure to lose the weight and to be in a relationship. And because we feel this pressure, we settle for less than ideal circumstances because it doesn't matter if, you know, to get to this number on the scale, you had to, you know, cut out carbohydrates and, you know, completely restrict yourself or follow this rigid meal plan. It's quote unquote working. So, and this is what I want. So therefore I'm going to just kind of you know, white knuckle it. And therefore that's, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing because the world is telling me I need to be thinner, you know, or on the other side too, like being in a relationship, I'm sure, you know, I definitely know a lot of married couples where it's like, they're always fighting. They don't even like each other. And it's like, but they're married. So they're staying together. And it's just, not that I'm like a huge advocate for divorce, but I am an advocate for being happy and healthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, like it's okay. You know, so there's, there's things there that I think is important for us to understand that society really puts this pressure on us to do it. And we need to question that narrative. Okay. So that's, that's the first part. The second part, I would say, because of this pressure, we have people who tend to fall into two categories. So we have the planters and the bouncers. A planter is where I was for many years. A planter is someone who really sticks to those less than ideal circumstances. And when things aren't working out, they try harder, they try more, they try faster. They like are just trying to, you know, bring something to life. That's clearly not like, that's just dead. Like the relationship's dead or like, you know, you've already tracked every macro and now you're going to try intermittent fasting and now you're going to cut out gluten and and dairy. And it just becomes restrictive and restrictive and restrictive. Um, and it's still not working quote unquote. And so you work harder, but really it's your body's way of saying like, this is not for you, please stop. Mm -hmm. But we're ignoring the red flags. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the planter. And then we have the bouncer where a bouncer is someone who it's like 
sometimes the work, especially when you're healing your relationship with food and your body, like it is uncomfortable, you know, it is hard sometimes like relationships aren't perfect. Like you're going to have to go through those rough moments, but the bouncer, it's like the, anytime it starts to get even a little bit hard or like past that honeymoon phase, it's like, they're out they're about, they bounce. Yeah. Right. And so like anything, we know that the answer is always in the middle. I think at least <laughs> as evidenced um, by your, uh, stint with the, this or that segment. Yeah, in the beginning. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, um, so we have to pull it from the bouncers and pull it, pull a little bit from the planters, right? Like for planters, if there's red flags, we have to pay attention to that, right? We can't, if things are starting to not work out, like, yeah, we can, we can shift a bit, but if we shift and it's still not working, it's okay to stop. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That doesn't mean that you're a quitter. Like it's totally okay. It's just not for you. Take the lesson and move on. Right. Mm-hmm. And then for the bouncers, it's like when things start to kind of slow down, know that that's okay. That could be okay. Right. And that just means you might have to shift some things. It might just mean you have to be patient. You know, it could still be working, but it just might mean that there has to be a little bit of a change, but in both cases, we don't ever, it's never going to be like super, super easy. And it's also not going to, we don't want it to be extremely, extremely hard. Right. Real, real, real change comes from consistency and putting in the work and making it, you know, it's, it's, it's doable. It's, it's doable. So that's, that's the last, all those lessons there. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I love how you just kind of explained all of that. And it sounds like the answer, I hesitate to use the word like solution. I feel like that can be kind of diety, but the, the solution lies there in the middle a little bit. And it really stood out to me as well, as you were talking about the red flags, um, this might be something that you, you cover as well in the book, but I feel like there could be so many parallels between seeing red flags in your relationship with food, in a diet that's not healthy for you or serving you and also seeing some red flags in a person who you're interested in or in a person who you're dating and how sometimes we can be really tempted to ignore those red flags, especially if what we are promised is something that we really want or something that we're hoping for. I feel like that happens so much in the dieting world and maybe it happens as well with with relationships so yeah when you were talking about the red flags that stood out to me yeah so this is i'll tell, explain what usually happens both in dieting and dating is the the beginning's always easy that's what we call the honeymoon phase mm-hmm. it's always exciting it's new it things are working like it's just you know it's it's not real yet to be honest it's just like we're exploring or having fun like you know so it's always easy in the beginning but it's when the red flags now, maybe your energy's dipping, maybe not, you're ha- not having regular bowel movements, maybe your skin's a mess, maybe um, you're not sleeping well, maybe you're super stressed, maybe the partner starts to like, be, you feel like a little bit disrespected, the communication's off, like now things aren't how they were in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So where people get stuck is they keep trying to relive the honeymoon phase, it's like they knew it happened before. So I, if I, it's good, it can happen again. I, I could make it happen again. We had that connection once we can work towards getting that connection again. Right. Or like it did work for me. I lost the weight the first time. So let me do it again. Cause now, you know, I know I did it before so I can do it again. And like just keep repeating that cycle. And that's where they get stuck because that's just 90% of the time. That's not going to work out. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard the the phrase before. I would love to say that I I read this in a book. I definitely heard it on TikTok. I'm going to give myself 
definitely heard this on TikTok, but um, I think it was one of those videos where the, the content creator was saying, fill this comment section with really helpful advice that you've heard in the past. I love saving those videos because you can pick up lots of nuggets of info. But one commenter left this comment of when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yes. Yeah. That really resonates with me personally in the world of dating. And as you're talking about the parallels between dating and dieting, how that statement can ring so true for dieting as well. Like when a diet or a program has showed you before how this works out, how it impacts you, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally Mm -hmm. as well. Let's remember that instead of remembering it through like the rose colored lens of maybe it wasn't that bad or maybe it'll be different this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, um, the phrase really resonated with me and it comes up. I, I believe in what we're talking about here too. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. One, um, one question that I have for you again, related to the book. So, Let's go back to when you were writing the book, when you were putting it all together. What, as an author and as a dietitian as well, is one of your main hopes for someone who picks up this book and starts to read it? What is your, since it's Once Upon a Diet, what is your wish for yeah. them? Oh, I love that. That's such a great question. <laughs> I love that. I should have wrote that, that my wish is instead of my hope is. Um, you can take yeah. it. You can take yeah. that and do it the what you will. I love it. Yeah. My wish is that I would just, I want people to understand that they can be happy and healthy regardless of the number on the scale and regardless of their relationship status. That's like really it. Like that's, that's the main thing that I want. Just happy and healthy, regardless of the number on the scale, regardless of your relationship status. Cause it's possible. I feel like that's, such a a great and succinct way to summarize like all of the value and all of the tidbits in the book, but to put it into the elevator pitch. Yeah. 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 I mean, cause at the end of the day, like it's not about the number on the scale and it's not about whether you're in a relationship or not, what actually matters. And this is where there's a whole chapter on measuring what measuring what matters or the scale doesn't measure what matters. And then I talk about what actually matters, but basically like what matters most is how you're taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. whether, whether you're in a relationship or not, whether you're, you're whatever diet you're on or not, or hopefully you're not on a diet, but whatever you're doing, you know, it's just what matters the most is how you, how you treat yourself, how you show up in the world. You know, are you doing things that light you up or are you living a life that's, that's not really yours? That's yeah. what really matters. I feel like and to bring it back to the parallel of dating or being in relationship with someone as well. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Maybe others feel this way as well. But one of the things that matters most is how is that person treating you and how are you treating them? Right. And is yeah. there respect there? Is there that solid foundation? I feel, yeah, that that's a, another parallel. Yeah, definitely. Like, and that's also what I share about in the book is that like, at the end of the day, your relationship with food, the foods that you eat. So that's really what a diet is, is what the foods that you eat, not being on a diet. Right. So really like when you come, when you, you know, your diet is going to be unique to you because it's who you are. Right. And same thing, like your relationship is going to be unique to you at the same time. There are some foundational things Mm -hmm. that we want to have in both in order for us to be successful. Um, you know, so 
with relationships, like communication is usually one in both dieting and dating. You have to get clear on what your deal breakers are, mm-hmm. because if you're not aligned with your deal breakers, it's not going to work out in the long run, right? If you're with someone who's clearly, maybe they're a lot older than you, they already have kids. They really don't want to have kids like, and they've made that clear you're taking a chance and you can't be upset when you're di- and disappointed when, you know, 10 years down the line, he still hasn't changed his mind or she still hasn't mm-hmm. changed her mind. Right. Like those, that's a deal breaker. Right. Um, when it comes to like, I use this example in the book, like I don't, I would never want to follow something or have a, a nutrition plan that didn't allow for coffee and wine. I love coffee and wine. Like I'm not taking that. And bagels. Let's not forget. And bagels. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not taking that. That's a deal breaker for me, you yeah. know? So if something requires you that you like, I mean, that's a big red flag, but like you have to have, you know, a shake or a bar as a, as a meal replacement, like, no, thank you. That is a big deal breaker for me. Like, you know what I mean? So maybe some people they're like, no, I actually like smoothies as as a meal replacement. Okay, fine. If you like that, that's fine. But like for me, it'd be a deal breaker. (laughs) I think what you're saying about, uh, the deal breakers, especially as it relates to one's relationship with food, that can maybe be a really great point of reflection for anyone who's listening to this, just, you know, not from a a place of judgment or shaming yourself for any current behaviors, but just kind of look at or assess your current relationship with food. And if Mm -hmm. you might be engaging in any behaviors that you don't love that are a detriment to Mm -hmm. mental, physical health, even your ability to like enjoy a meal. And is that a deal breaker for you? Meaning if you're not going to be able to do that long-term, if that's not sustainable, why do it for the short term? And it's, it's funny to, to make the parallel, to make the jump back to, to dating here for a moment. I was smiling and laughing on the inside when you were talking about deal breakers with dating, this might be slightly controversial, but one of my like first date questions that I will typically ask towards like the middle. And once you've gotten to know someone a little bit, I will ask like, what are your deal breakers? What are your red flags? Because I think it's important to know from the beginning. Yeah. Just, like, and it can be a, a question that is asked of both humans, but I think it can be important to know from the start. So if you're not aligned on something, you yeah, why waste spend your more time. time or energy? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Why waste your time? And I, I say this, I say this in the book and in my TED talk, there's nothing wrong with a short-term fling mm-hmm. as long as you're clearly aware that it's for a short-term thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if, if you can confidently go into something and just really, you know, just say like, this is just going to be someone I'm having fun with. But then if your feelings change, you have to be aware that you have to communicate that that's going back to the Vegas guy. Let's talk about can call him <laughs> Vegas guy, Vegas guy. That's how it started. I had just got out of a relationship. I just wanted something fun. We were both living in New York at the time. And that's really what it was. But then I caught feelings and then I wanted his feelings to change. And he's like, I, I really, I really like you, but I, I don't just, I'm not, I, he just, he didn't want to, he didn't want a relationship. He just made it very clear, but I was like, I hope he changes his mind and he get further, further, further away. And I was like, I'm just going to, we're going to make it work. <laughs> build this fantasy in my head. And that's what happens with diets too. Like we just build this fantasy in our head yeah. and it's like, you can really do, you can be and do whatever you want to do, but we also want to make sure that it's realistic and applicable. Mm-hmm. Tony, yeah. the more we talk about this, the more my mind is blown with how many parallels. Yeah. There the are fairy tale. And you can yeah. have a fairy tale ending, but like a real fairy tale, like 
there's some messy messy in the middle. Like, you know, a real fairy tale is like you love each other because you've learned to work through the tough moments, right? Like that's a real fairy tale. Real fairy tale where I think where people think of it's like, oh, it's amazing and it's always amazing and it's gonna be perfect. And it's like so there's things. It's yeah. and also don't waste your time and energy on something that really isn't going to be sustainable in the long run. Yeah. You it's know? not always a fairy tale. You know, sometimes yeah. you might lose your glass slipper when you're running up the stairs, you know, <laughs> yeah. what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Tony, one more question that I have for you before we plug where people can find you in the book, something that I have known about you for a while now, just being familiar with your content and what you stand for as a professional is you talk a lot about habits and behavior change, specifically what we call these health promoting behaviors and these habits. So if anyone is listening to this conversation, maybe they're feeling a little overwhelmed. They're like, I know I want to make some changes to my behaviors, to how I'm caring for myself, et cetera, but I have no idea where to start. There are so many things that I'd like to tweak and change, but I need a starting point. What is a place you might recommend for them to, to start with some behavior change? Yeah. So that's a really great question. And the answer is going to be different for everyone. Um, so I don't want to overwhelm you when I give you guys different examples, but take the one that makes the most sense for you. But I think you're right that most people, when they decide they want to change, they go to like the extremes or overwhelm and like try to do everything at once. And that never works in the long run. Right. So one thing I teach as well, in, in addition to like habit stacking and changing your behavior is you also have to stop waiting to feel motivated because motivation comes and goes. So we really need to just start looking at like, what is one small change that I can make? And then as you build small changes over time, that's what builds momentum, which would then kind of fuel that motivation. But regardless, it's habits that actually make you keep going. Um, so with that said, start small and you'll notice you'll start to feel more likely to do it. Cause you're going to be like, Oh wow, I got this. Like I can do this and I can do one more and I can do one more. Um, so basic things I always like to say is sleep and water, I think are two things that people probably aren't recognizing make such a huge impact on their mood, their energy, cravings, so many things. So I would just say, you know, if you're not, if you can, and you're not getting like quality sleep or, you know, um, long enough sleep, definitely start there because it will impact your mood and your energy throughout the day. Um, basic things like staying hydrated with water. If you have a headache and you might not be less likely to, you know, do something because you don't really feel well, water is like the number one thing that Uh can probably help with that. Um, and I will say that that doesn't mean you have to drink a gallon of water a day. Most of you probably don't, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you're only drinking maybe like three cups a day, work on like four to five. Don't, you don't have to go to like your high to what the actual goal is right away. You can work your way up towards it. Same thing. And maybe your sleep, it's like five hours a night, you know, although ideally seven to nine would be great. If you get to five and a half, that's amazing. Cause you will notice. And that's, I almost like actually rather you do that because the point we're trying to prove here is that those small changes go a really long way. So if you could actually notice, or maybe you're struggling with movement, um, I hate when people say the word, like, I just quote unquote, just worked out for 10 minutes. Like I, I like to rephrase it. Like you made use of the little time you had, like that's Mm -hmm. incredible. And quote unquote, just 10 minutes can literally just change your mood and your energy. Right. So focus on how you want to feel. 
right? So I say this a lot, but the second I stopped looking at, looking at how food was going to make me look and instead focus on how food was going to make me feel, that's when I found balance in my eating habits. So if you can really focus on how things make you feel, right? When I move my body for 10 minutes, I am in a better mood. When I drink a lot of water, I just feel better. I like feel like my, my, my bones are less achy, right? Like when I get good night's sleep, like I'm not as, I don't snap as my, at my kids or whatever it is. Right. So focus on how you want to feel and start with just one thing. And then consistently over time, when you feel like you really got that, add one more thing. And it's the, the littlest things guys, sleep, water, gentle movement, more veggies, you know, more, you know, whatever it is, or maybe you're on the other end where you're like really extreme. You're maybe already doing the quote unquote perfect diet. So like allow the cookie, like, like, let's just like ease in. Let's like, let's like yeah, loosen the grip. Let's like loosen, loosen it a little bit. Right. So yeah. and that's why everyone's starting point is different. Um, but that's why I think if you really focus on how you want to feel, that's going to be the game changer for most. Focus on the feeling. It has a nice ring to it. Yes. <laughs> Alliterative quality. Yeah. Well, Tony, I really appreciate everything that you just shared, especially that last tidbit. I feel like we all just got a mini coaching session with you. So <laughs> listeners got a whole heck of a lot out of today, but for anyone who is really loving what you have to say, they maybe want to read your book or they want to get more familiar with what you're doing out there in the world, specifically on social. Can you tell us where to find you and where to find your book? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, the main place that I, where I hang out at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. I'm also on TikTok, but I'm not killing it like Claire. So <laughs> I don't want you to be disappointed because I'll follow like, her on TikTok as well. Please. She is so humble. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Instagram and the book is on Amazon. There's an audio version, a Kindle version and the paperback. Um, and also actually, if you go to my website, tipswithtony.com slash once upon a diet, you can actually get within the book. There's a few different like charts and like, I have people kind of track those non-scale victories. Um, and that you can like print that stuff out. So any, yeah. So like, I would recommend if you do the audio version or even the Kindle version or even the the book, but you want to like have handouts and things that you can kind of reference, I would go to tipstony.com slash once upon a diet. So you can, um, get that stuff if you wanted it. Very cool. Well, you have a lot of resources, a lot of things for, for people to check out and it has been so great connecting with you. A lot has changed in both of our lives since we talked on the first time and it has been a privilege to have Mm. you back. So our listening friends, that is all we have for you today. Thank you for joining us. And with that, we are going to sign off by saying yours truly, Claire and Tony. That is a wrap for episode 157 here on the Yours Truly podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, and I really hope you got some nuggets of value and wisdom from this conversation with Tony. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode or anything else that I share here on the show, it would mean the world to me if you could take a couple of moments and tap those five stars and leave a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. If you are choosing to listen elsewhere, say Spotify or SoundCloud, you can also share the love by screenshotting this episode and putting it on your social media. You can also send the link to this episode to anyone in your life who you think could benefit from it. There are a lot of different ways to share. And if and when you choose to share, 
I am forever grateful. So thank you so much again for being here. I will catch you back here next Wednesday for another episode of the Yours Julie podcast. But until then, take care and stay warm because it's getting cold out there. (laughs) See you next week.